Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Organifi. If you haven't already picked up Organifi greens and reds, go ahead and do so now. Organifi.com slash muscle. Use the code muscle for 20% off. Now, the greens and the reds are essential. I think everyone should be taking these greens. Everyone should be taking these reds. Guys, especially if you're interested in cardiovascular function or erectile function, we want to make sure that we're getting enough reds in our body to really supercharge our cardiovascular system and our nitric oxide system. Reds is going to recharge your body and mind with this great blend of superfood berries and uh, ultimately adaptogens, antioxidants, and, and things like uh, mushrooms. So increase your energy, uh, increase your uh, pumps in the gym, and ultimately make sure you're taking care of your system. Ladies and gents, one more time, that's Organifi.com slash muscle. Head over there after our show. In the world of social media, in the world of Google, there's a lot of information, a lot of misinformation. And I wouldn't even say it's even misinformation, but it's contextually relevant, right? So everything is context. And so what we try to do is not give you necessarily definitive answers, but maybe give you the ability to make decisions based on your specific context and your specific application. So for example, everyone on here has different goals, right? Some people want to put on maximum muscle. Some people want to lose maximum fat. Some people want to learn how to lose fat for the rest of their life and never put it on. Some people want to learn how to eat. Some people want to learn how to move well. So identifying your goals and, and being ultra clear on your goals is vital to your success. And part of our coaching process, you know, as we discuss as coaches, is we're basically problem solvers, right? You identify where you want to go. And you go, hey, I want to go there. And that could be, hey, I want to have a six pack. I want, to, I want big muscles. I want to be strong. I want to move well. I want to feel amazing. I want to be confident. Great. You identify that. Then we come in and we say, okay, where are you now? Right? What's, what are we, we try to assess? Objective, sub, subjective assessment. So, you know, what, how well do you move? How well do you eat? What is, your, what is your digestion like? What is your sleep like? What is your stress like? And we're in the background kind of looking at all these things, you know, under the guise of the six pillars of a lean, healthy, and muscular body. And say, okay, based on what we see, here's the greatest opportunity for you to progress. And the way we look at it, so you guys understand my thought process, it's always just the weakest link, right? What is your current weakest link? And how do we make that better, right? Your body is only as strong as the weakest link. So is it sleep? Is it digestion? Is it movement? Is it stress? Is it breathing? Is it uh, your mindset? So today I want to talk a little bit about mindset because this is a big aspect of optimization. Is anyone ever uh, anyone interested in the concept of, of optimization of brain and optimization of mindset? Great. And now I don't claim to be to have all the answers, right? But sometimes taking on a perspective uh, is really, really useful. And you know, we talk about the brain in the beginning. We talk about this this concept of like it's it's a tangible thing, right? It's actually like a your brain, your brain, it's the difference between the brain and the mind is is the brain is a physical entity. The mind is not a physical entity. The mind is something that exists somewhere between the brain and you know the rest of the body, or maybe through the nervous system. We don't actually know. We, nobody has a really uh, excellent definition of where the mind originates. We have some speculations. Um, I've written, I read some great books on theories of of mind, theory of consciousness. There's a lot of different theories, and everybody again, I don't know the, what the truth is. Nobody really seems to know. But first, we we know that we believe that there's some connection between the brain and the mind, right? Although we don't know that either, right? We assume the brain is where the mind is housed, but we don't know that. That's a, Again, that's a theory, which is interesting, right? I know it sounds weird, but we assume that the mind arises from the brain, but we don't know that. You know, we, we assume that thoughts arise in the brain, but we don't know that either. We assume that. 
there's definitely a correlation, but we don't know for sure. So let's first talk about optimization of the brain. The first thing that comes to mind for me at the foundation of everything we do as a human is the optimization of a single cell, a singular cell, right? Every cell in the body has, call it an optimized potential, right? You, you want to decide and, and take action on what do I need to do to optimize the function of a single cell, right? Obviously, every single cell, there's trillions of cells in the body, but a single function. So within a cell, we're looking at a nucleus, we're looking at a mitochondria, we're looking at a cytosol, we're looking at you know, redox potential, we're looking at electric, electricity, there's so many facets of a cell. So we start talking when it comes to, to specifically about the brain, we want to make sure the cell's aspects are optimized, the aspects of a cell are optimized, and then cellular energetics are optimized, right? And I'll, understand, I'll explain what this means. So we talk about, you know, the aspects of a cell need to be optimized, but we need to make sure there isn't a huge amount of inflammation, especially around the brain, right? So the first thing that I often talk about when it comes to, to optimization of self is like, hey, let's reduce inflammation because inflammation can be something that, that kind of think of it in terms of like a cloudy signal, right? Cloudy sky outside, the body doesn't receive the signal all that well. So we want to minimize inflammation. We want to then make sure we have optimized nutrients. So if you think about like cellular energy production and, you know, if we go through Krebs cycle or Cori cycle and like these, these cellular cycles that are existing in the body, well, we need to make sure that if, if it's a, an eight-step process, that every step in the process has the micronutrients or the you know, enzymes, cofactors that it requires. So that means as a human, we would have to have a diverse array of nutrients. So what do those look like in the brain, right? Simply, well, we want to make sure we probably have enough B vitamins. B vitamins are very important to the brain function. We want to make sure we have enough magnesium. Zinc can also be important to, to uh, cellular function, but B vitamins, magnesium are very important. And then anti antioxidants are very important as well. So typically the body has a, its own, um, what's called endogenous antioxidant system. The body produces its own, but you still want to supply those through the diet, right? So those are very, very important. Now, if we talk about like energetics of the brain, the ability of the brain to produce energy, the brain is highly dependent on glucose, right? Glucose gets into the brain. The brain needs glucose. If it doesn't have glucose, one of two things can happen. Um, if the glucose is very low, ideally your body starts releasing ketones to fuel the brain. Ketones are actually a preferred energy source for the brain. This is important. So if you know you're going to be in a, in a state of depleted glucose, we want to ensure that our body has the capacity to either produce ketones or supplement with ketones, right? And so I've got some actually right beside me. If you're ever in, this, in, a, in a state where you feel like your brain isn't working really well, your brain feels sluggish, your brain feels cloudy, oftentimes the reason that is is because the cellular energetics in the brain are disrupted, right? So what does that mean? Well, if, if I have a brain, anyone ever have brain fog? What, anyone ever feel like I feel like lethargic or brain fog? Yeah, it happens. That's in, typically a result of inflame, an inflamed brain or diminished cellular energetics in the brain, which means the brain's not producing enough energy, right? So you're not getting enough glucose in because you're not eating well enough, or the brain isn't producing it fast enough, right? So if you think of a, a, like the mitochondria in the brain producing energy, we need them to produce it fast enough relative to, this, to, the, to the cognitive demands that we're placing on it, right? So if I need to do some, some complex learning and thinking and math equations, I'm, I'm burning through huge amounts of glucose in my brain to include just talking to you guys. It's huge amounts of glucose. 
the brain has a massive demand for glucose. So I got to make sure my brain is producing those quickly. So sometimes supplementing with some things to support that can be helpful. Some of the things that I typically recommend, again, B vitamins and magnesium are foundational. You could look at something like ginkgo biloba, which can be actually really useful for uh, increasing blood flow to the brain. That can be useful. And there's a whole slew of nootropics, which again, I'm not going to get into here unless you guys want me to, but I'll wait till the end. Um, we can get into really effective nootropics, but nootropics aren't necessarily working on like the foundation of brain health. They're working on moving your brain. It's like giving your brain a bigger gas pedal, right? I don't say it's a bigger engine necessarily, but it's like same size engine, bigger gas pedal, right? So I want it's going to push harder on that gas pedal. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but we wouldn't necessarily want that all the time. So we talk about the brain. There's, there's a level of like cellular energetics. Then there's the level of the nervous system, right? So the nervous system is like how the brain communicates, right? So the brain communicates via neurotransmitters and neuromodulators. And so there's, you know, I won't get into kind of the, the um, neurophysiology of this stuff, but there's, there's a number of neurotransmitters that are important to understand. I'll give you like the really, really quick uh, synopsis of these things. So if we talk about, you know, call it excitatory neurotransmitters, there's really only three that I think are, are there's many more than that, but there's three that are important for you guys to know. And so three that I would say are important to know are going to be um, acetylcholine, dopamine, and glutamate. And those are excitatory neurotransmitters. Those tend to make your brain a little more stimulated, right? Brain works a little bit faster. And on the other side of that, we have inhibitory neurotransmitters. And some inhibitory neurotransmitters may be, so glutamate is an excitatory one. GABA is kind of the antagonist of glutamate. So if, if glutamate is your greatest excitatory neurotransmitter, it makes your brain go faster. It's like a gas pedal. GABA is like the brakes. GABA slows you down. Acetylcholine allows the brain to send nervous transmission, nervous signal. That kind of allows things, it's like a conductor almost, allows things to happen. Dopamine is the neurotransmitter of pursuit, meaning if, if we're pursuing an objective or even like the idea of like, I'm going to have some dinner right now, dopamine's getting released. I'm preparing my dinner. My mouth starts to salivate. Dopamine is being released. I'm, I'm scrolling through social media. Dopamine is being released, right? It's, it's, it's anything that's potential, has potential to have a reward at the end. And any, any reward based on your judgment has dopamine involved. And I think that um, I'm, the reason I, there's a reason why I'm talking about this stuff, because I'll come back to the relevance of this, t- this stuff to you guys. And as far as goal achievement and mindset optimization. Um, and the other one that's important to know that's, that is inhibitory in nature is serotonin. Serotonin is kind of like a well, well being, like um, belonging almost. It's like a, like a, like a warm hug is, I would say, serotonin, right? It's like, oh, I feel kind of good. Like, I feel really like, I feel like a sense of belonging. Like this weekend, after our amazing team weekend, we, we all probably have an increased sense of serotonin. Like, oh, I kind of feel like, I feel like I'm really connected to these people, right? That's our serotonin. And so those are kind of your primary ones that you maybe want to have a general understanding of. And if you guys want to learn more about neurotransmitters, there's a couple of great resources. If you want a book, there's a book called The Edge Effect which is by Eric Braverman. He does a really good job. And the reason I think that's relevant is because he not only tells you about these neurotransmitters, but he also lets you into a little interesting insight that says everyone has a predisposition to having high levels of some and low levels of others. And that's genetically and environmentally, right? So some people are genetically, have genetically elevated dopamine. 
Some people have uh, genetically elevated GABA. Some people have genetically elevated serotonin. Some people have very low serotonin. Some people have very low dopamine. So understanding where you sit on this continuum may be a useful thing for you to understand. I bet you already know. Uh, if you understood the mechanisms, you probably already know. People who are dopamine-driven tend to uh, just kind of be very goal-oriented, right? They're going to go after goal, after goal, after goal, after goal, often achieving them. Um, not always, but often achieving them. So I, and a lot of people are just balanced, right? And, and guys, here's the crazy thing. You can influence all of these neurotransmitters through nutrition, through lifestyle, and through supplementation. Okay, so nutrition, lifestyle, and supplementation is you, you can have a significant influence on these. Has anyone ever had a hard time falling asleep due to a racing mind? So typically what that's associated with, two things. Actually, another, another excitatory neurotransmitter I should tell you about is adrenaline or uh, epinephrine. Uh, typically, excitatory mind is, is, is a result of two things. It's adrenaline and it's glutamate. Right, so glutamate is, is this excitatory neurotransmitter. It's kind of like, like I said, the gas pedal. And if you want to slow your mind down, typically my suggestion as far as slowing your mind down is is too too faceted. So first, we want to support GABA because GABA is the brakes. So someone who has excitatory mind, you want to take something that's a GABA precursor. You can literally take GABA, right? You can buy the supplement GABA, G-A-B-A. You can take that. However, it's not. Typically great for absorption. It has pretty low absorption. You can take L-taurine as a GABA precursor. People will be very familiar with taurine as because it's in Red Bull. It's in most most uh, energy drinks. Why do they put it in there? Because it tends to remove the jitters. And whoever gets jitters from coffee or energy drinks, putting a little taurine in there, about 100 to 200 milligrams is a little trick they use to prevent you from getting to getting jittery. So is L-theanine. You'll sometimes find L-theanine in there. L-theanine kind of prevents the jitters. That's important stuff to know, right? That's a good tool to have to start to understand uh, kind of mechanistically what's happening within your brain. Oh, and we said adrenaline was the other one. Adrenaline is, an, is a response to either perceived stress, which is usually the case, or physiological stress, right? So adrenaline is kind of a mobilization neurotransmitter. It's going to get you ready to be, to be stimulated. So if you perceive a stress, like someone cuts in front of you and you're driving or there's a snake that pops out of the, the woods, that's going to cut drive adrenaline up. Um, so what that typically does is it creates this this sympathetic arousal in the brain, and then the nervous your nervous system turns on. So if that's happening when it's not supposed to, maybe when you're sleeping, which is common, then you wake up. Right, the body releases cortisol, body temperature comes up, you wake up. So we want to learn to modulate adrenaline. Right, we want to learn to control it. And that comes down to controlling our psychology and controlling our physiology. And there's a lot of a lot of depth within that we can go into later if you guys have questions about adrenaline. But coming back, so that, that's kind of tying the tying up loose ends there when it comes to the brain. But I want to talk a lot about mindset. And but I think it's important to start about understanding that this is this is so important. And I want I want to drive this home and I'm going to get everyone's attention on this. It's important to realize that your physiology massively impacts your psychology. Right. So what did I say? Your physiology, what's happening neck down massively implicates in your psychology, neck up, right? And some people think these things are separate and they're just not, right? So when I talk about, you know, the, the, the energetics, when I talk about the neurotransmitters, when I talk about the nervous system, it's a, it's a two-way highway between the mind and the body. And if your body is doing something specific, it's a very good gateway or a window into the mind. Example, 
many, many people are very disconnected from their body, right? They don't know what their body feels like. It could be tight. It could be, who knows? They just like numb themselves. If you start to tap into what your body feels like and you start to go, oh, I feel really tense here. Let me try to alleviate that. Let me try to slow down my breathing. Let me feel where I'm holding tension and let it go. All of a sudden, that tense body, that hypertonic body, hyper amounts of tone starts to loosen up. And guess what happens to the mind? The mind will slow down. The mind can be your greatest adversary or your greatest advocate, right? Or your greatest ally, maybe, right? And I want you all to know that it's my belief that the pathway to a peaceful mind is through the body, right? There's certainly ways to think your way to a more effective mind, and we could talk about that too. But in general, you want to realize that if there's something that your mind is doing that you don't want it to be doing, the path is through your body. I'll give you guys an example. Normally, I could, we, could, we could literally do this right now and I can walk you guys through this. But if we ever get into a scenario where we are in our head, right? Literally in our mind and we're thinking and, oh God, my brain is racing. You can't think your way out of that. You can't gratitude your way out. You can't, it just, you can't think your way out of it. It's impossible. Alan Watts is a wonderful, wonderful spiritual teacher, passed away. He used to say, trying to calm your mind by thinking is like trying to calm the ocean with an iron. It's like, it just doesn't make sense. It's just going to disturb it all the more, right? So we, you can't calm the ocean by trying to flatten it. That's not how it works. Alan Watts is, is amazing. But what you can do is you can get out of your head and get into your body. So what does that mean? Get out of your head and get into your body. Well, maybe instead of thinking, don't you, you can never stop thinking, right? But maybe you just start bringing your awareness inside your body. Maybe you bring it to your breath. You guys have all heard of meditation, bringing your awareness onto your breath. Yeah, maybe you bring your awareness onto your breath. Maybe you guys are all sitting, it seems. Maybe you bring your attention to the, the pressure that your butt is making against the seat. Maybe the temperature in the room. Maybe the shirt that's touching your body. Maybe the sounds in the room. And so when we take our awareness out of our mind and we bring it into our into the present moment, we have five senses that we can explore to be completely present in this moment, right? I want to, if I want to experience just this moment, I want to, don't want to think about the future. I don't want to think about the past. If I just want to experience this moment, I have five amazing senses from which I can deeply explore what's happening when those, in those senses, right? So every one of you right now, if you were to just give me a little bit of awareness on the temperature in the room, maybe the temperature of your skin, maybe the temperature of your hands, you can get really precise. Maybe the temperature of your feet, right? You can start to realize all these different places may even have different temperatures. Okay. So we bring our awareness to that. Maybe we bring our awareness to what the breath feels like as the rising and falling of our abdomen. Maybe we bring our awareness to my voice and all the, the sounds around us. And we, we don't just try to acknowledge them and let them pass. We try to like really cue in on it, right? And what you guys will realize is when you, when you start really cueing in, you start to hear the house creak or the birds chirp or the, those insects make noise, or they, you start to hear your breathing or eventually you start to feel your, your, hear your heart beating in your chest. You can get so specific with cueing into all these senses. You don't have a chance of being in your head, right? It's literally an impossibility. You, so you can train yourself to like this, get out of your head, get into your body. Now you can also be, well, this is important. 
interoception versus extraoception, right? Interoception is the ability to connect with the inside of my body. Extraoception is the ability to connect with things outside of my body. So what would I want to connect with outside of my body? Well, what if I'm walking through nature? What if I just want to be present in my room, right? I want to connect with everything in my room and everything around me. And so I can bring my awareness into two places at once, not just one. You know, people say, do you want to multitask? You can actually have your awareness in two places at once. And ideally, my suggestion is you bring it into your internal body and your external body, right? So the internal, what's inside my body and what's outside of my body. And that could be the air, that could be the light, that could be the temperature, it could be anything. But I can hold those two points of awareness and completely eliminate the the future and the past. And so for anyone, when you're getting into sleep, now realize, just like the first time you contracted your biceps, you're like, I don't know if I feel this. It's not really working that well. I must not be good at this. Would you have given up? Or the first time that you tried to walk, would you have given up? No, you guys know that, right? You keep going, you keep going, you keep going. So the first time you're going to be frustrated, like this shit's not working. But eventually, if you do it often enough, eventually it's just second nature. So my uh, call to action for all of you, can everyone agree that 60 seconds in the scope of a day is a pretty small amount of time? Would you guys be willing to commit to 60 seconds a day to ultimately be able to calm your mind and be able to be the master of your mind rather than the victim? Yeah. So 60 seconds before you eat, I would suggest every meal, 60 seconds. Here's how you do it. Super simple. A breath should be four seconds in and six seconds out. It's a 10 second breath. Do six breaths before every meal, before you touch your food, before you do anything, before you, you know, anything. Just like bring your awareness onto your breath. Four seconds in, six seconds out. Eventually you can, so that's a very, call that like sticking your big toe in the water, right? That's like the first daily practice. Then you can start bringing your awareness deeper and deeper and deeper into your body, right? I can feel specific parts of my body. I can feel the muscles go, I can feel the muscles in my face relax. I can feel the muscles in my throat and my neck relax, right? So I can, I can learn to just like in a second, turn it all off. Now all of a sudden, instead of my body going like this and I'm walking really fast and I'm really tight in my face, right? It's like, a, it's like turn, someone hit the dimmer switch. So now my whole nervous system goes. So now it allows me to be present in the moment, be more receptive to food, Help me be more conscious in my decision-making, right? Be conscious in my mind. And so where this is all leading to is ultimately to change your life. I have a belief that the greatest asset you have is the ability to be conscious of your decisions moment to moment to moment. How many of you do things, maybe today, let's ask this specifically. How many of you have done something today completely mindlessly as you, as you thought about something else. Yeah. Maybe drove your car, maybe brushed your teeth. It's true, right? How many, we all know we like end up somewhere like, I don't know the hell I got here. I wasn't thinking about where I was driving, right? There's so many levels to unconscious action. After 35 years old, 90% or even 95% of our actions are unconscious. You guys know that? So the only way you can change something is by becoming conscious of it, right? So I always say that past failures don't determine future outcomes unless you let them, right? Unless you're not conscious of the ability to change, right? Every one of you has the ability to change. Anyone here have the, 
identity of I don't meditate or I can't meditate, be honest. And I never say I can't meditate. I can't do that's too hard. Dude, it, so everyone's, I'll tell you what, man. And my, my quote that's become famous is like, if you can't, you must. If you, you know, you can't, therefore you must. It's one of those things, man, where if you don't even need to try, the thing with meditation is it's not about trying. It's just about doing consistently every day. It's not like, oh, it's hard to, med- it's not hard to meditate, right? People say, oh yeah, it's no, it's not. It just means consistent action and knowing what to do. So if you just sit down and you, and you and like, you're going to eat every day, right? You're going to eat every day. I don't tell you to sit down and meditate for 20 minutes in the morning. Meditate for one minute before every meal. One minute. You're going to sit down. So my commitment to myself is like, I'd say 98% of meals are, are sitting down at a table. And I'd say 95% of the time, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to breathe. I'm going to do 10 breaths, slow as I can. Usually, to be honest, I do more. I probably do three to five minutes of breathing. But listen, do, do five breaths, 10 breaths, right? Bring yourself into that moment. And then what you'll find is as you accumulate that over time, your ability to be conscious minute to minute to minute completely changes. So the number of things I do unconsciously in a day is much lower now than it was one year, two years, five years ago. Much less, not zero. I promise it's not zero. There's many things I'm like, oh shit, I didn't mean to do that, but it's much less. And I'm going to tell you factually, one year from now, it's going to be even less than it is now. I love that. It's such an empowering thought to think that I can be conscious of who I'm becoming and the decisions I'm making with around my body, around my family, around my nutrition, around my training. I can be conscious of that and actually have a decision to make rather than just mindlessly continue to be the same person I was 12 months ago or even a week ago, right? So we talk about optimization of mindset. Listen, this is not yet an optimization of mindset conversation, but what this is, this is the foundation. If you want to change who you've always been, you've got to do something different than you've always done. And the only way to do that is to become conscious minute to minute to minute. Otherwise, you don't stand a chance. You're going to fall back into the path of least resistance. The human mind and the human body is designed for the path of least resistance. Fact, right? We know this. This is our nervous system. This has kept us alive for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years. That's a wonderful thing, right? The challenge is many of us have created habits based on society, based on habits, based on history that maybe we don't like. Maybe we're like, you know, I wish I could change that. And you can, you absolutely can just, but the first step is okay to become conscious of it. So conscious awareness is step one, right? Step two, I always say is intentionality. What's intentionality? Become intentional about what the first step is going to be when you, when you realize I'm conscious. So how do I become intentional about something? Well, I need to know where I'm going, right? I need to have a goal. I need to be goal oriented. So if I say, I want to be, I don't know, 20 pounds leaner in three months, six months, I need to know that. So when I get to that, I go, okay, well, is this thing going to make me closer or further away from my goal? Right. That still doesn't mean you're going to do it, but at least you're able to be conscious of it. Right. You can make that conscious decision. And then when it comes down to doing it, so we have conscious and conscious awareness, intentionality, goal orientation. And the last one is going to be, okay, well, what makes me follow through? What is it? Purpose. So either purpose or a plan. Right. So if you're someone who follows a plan with 100% accuracy, you just need a plan. You don't need purpose. But if you don't follow a plan with 100% accuracy, then you need to know your purpose. The people who follow the plan, the, the results are uh, remarkable. You see? Be remarkable. The results are truly remarkable. And that's not an exaggeration. Uh, they're truly remarkable. And if you don't follow the plan 100%, because maybe life gets in the way or maybe you make excuses or whatever it is. Well, the only other way, in my experience, is you have to be driven by a purpose that's bigger than yourself. 
bigger than yourself. So some people will do it for financial freedom. Some people will do it for status or significance. Some people will do it for their family. Some people will do it because they think they're going to die. Some people will do it because they have a goal. Like for me, it was becoming Mr. Olympia. I was like, I'm going to do this. I don't care how, how much it hurts. That was my huge purpose, right? If you don't have a purpose, you'll fail. So either you follow the plan or you have a purpose. Thanks for listening to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. For full episode guides with important takeaways and bonus resources, head over to muscleintelligence.com slash learn. If you enjoy the show and find value in the content, please subscribe, share this podcast with at least one person you know and love who would benefit from this content, leave us a review and support our sponsors. You can see the full list of show sponsors, discounts, and get exclusive Muscle Intelligence deals at muscleintelligence.com slash resources. To join our private community and get VIP access to my master classes, upcoming muscle camps, and other resources that we don't post anywhere else, head to muscleintelligence.com slash community. Most of all, thank you very much for your trust, for your time, and most importantly, for supporting health and fitness in this world. Enjoy your day, and I look forward to seeing you here next week. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.